Do you know what I've noticed? What's that? Like editing back the podcast, I've, I noticed that uh, specifically my diction, it seems to get like muddy. Oh, I, really? Yeah, I think. Oh. I think we need to like like it gets it gets like in your throat like down here. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I think I think like my vocal dexterity is not on point. Well, so we can. I, I, yeah, I think I think I need a little like little diction exercises. <laughs> Ma, zip, rip up, up. Becky Botter. <laughs> you Woo! know you need Whee! unique. New York. You know you need yes. New York. Oh, how I would love to go to New York. <laughs> it is so unique. Tip of the tongue of the teeth. It's a unique <laughs> tip. The tip of the iceberg. The iceberg. The tip of the iceberg. The human is the torch filed t- for a bank loan. <laughs> the human torch was denied a bank loan. Was denied a bank loan. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, do you feel dexterous? Um, I think I do. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I'm diction. 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 Uh, vocal dexterity. Justin. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very non-traditional vocal exercise. It's used about while inhaling and clenching my vocal cords or something. Probably bad for my voice, actually. <laughs> Probably. Dude, I've had a cough. I've had a cough for like three weeks now. Maybe Which a month. Which is like an annual occurrence. This yep. is Christian's annual cough. It really sucks. I Is it annual... Or is it like, I can't remember the like last years, but I can remember two years ago was when I was like in school and I was like mm. coughing during class a ton. I, I, f- I feel like you had it last year as well. <coughs> On, On cue. cue. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, dude, twins. Uh, That's that good. Who's wow. Danny DeVito in this situation if we're twins? I call <laughs> Danny DeVito. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I'll be the cool, the cool taller one. But okay, in real life though, would you rather be Arnold Schwarzenegger or Danny? I haven't DeVito? seen that movie. Um, I I feel like Danny DeVito is the more has more depth. Actually, no, but I mean like real life human beings. Would you rather be Arnold Schwarzenegger or Arnold Danny Schwarzenegger. DeVito? You would, yeah, probably right. Like I feel cooler. like I'd rather be Danny DeVito. Why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just think Danny DeVito probably has more fun. Like in life, in life, with like, like, just kind of in life. Would you rather be Danny DeVito <laughs> or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Like, if a magical gypsy came down and said, "Christian, you are no longer going to be Christian. You have two choices. You can be Danny DeVito or Arnold Schwarzenegger for the rest of their natural life." <laughs> I just take over their body. Their brain goes. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know which one's older. They're probably pretty close in age. Hmm. And both of their bodies have probably been through <laughs> a lot. A lot. Wow, man, that's a really tough one. I I love being me. So if I had to like be one of them, like Arnold Schwarzenegger has a lot of a lot of responsibilities as the governor. I don't know if he's the governor anymore. Is he? I don't think so. No. Okay. So I, I don't think he's been the governor for quite some time. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I don't know then. Arnold Schwarzenegger probably. 
Danny DeVito, he probably has a hard life being really short and stuff. But if anybody that's really short has made, like, the most of it. He really has. That's a good actor. I mean, like, I mean, a fun actor. But they're both rich, and so that would be cool. That would be cool. I'm picking up some, like, crazy noise on my microphone again. It sounds like my microphone is attempting to do the same thing that it did last time that I had to send it back to Yeti. Weird. Oh, no. Like, it's making a lot of noise. Hold on. I'm going to mute it and switch off of the cardioid condenser and onto one of the other settings. Do it. Okay. So, we have... Okay. Oh man, coasters! Oh, you are so loud in this in this one. So oh, this, I am. This is the stereo one. Oh really? Yeah. So it's picking me up a lot. Yeah, it's picking you up uh, significantly. But the the microphone noise is gone. Good. Okay. The Tight. static noise is gone. I can also hear the room. I can hear Weird. the fan. You're like uh, you're like Spider Man. Yeah, I'm like Spider-Man whose spidey senses have just kicked in. And, like, the little hairs on the tips of my thumb are, like, moving open so that I can grab the wall. You remember that scene? When when it zooms in on his thumb. Mm -hmm. And you see, like, the little, like, spiny hairs, like... Dude, that's so weird. Like, I find it so weird that, like, in a lot of the... Like, a lot of the movies, they, like, glamorize the the superheroes. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, Spider-Man, I don't even know how much of his powers, like, that are portrayed in the movie are real. Because, mm-hmm. Like, are actually comic book, like, legit. Because he, know. like, th- the web thing, that was a contraption he created. Could he really even walk on walls and stuff in the in the books? I think so. Or in the comics? I th- okay. I, I don't know. I, like, I assume the- so. Okay. Okay, I think I'm going to switch it back and see if I can stand the uh electrical noise because this is like re- really loud in my okay. ears do it all right wow <clears throat> okay I, yeah this is this is significantly better i have like a sig- like a suggestion maybe mm-hmm. this might be wild but like if we have listeners submit like things they want us to talk about Oh, yeah. I think that'd be really cool. So we know we have at least three listeners. Yeah. And let's see. I've downloaded every episode, so that'd be a fourth person. You've downloaded every episode, so that'd be five downloads on each episode. We are at over 200 downloads. Wow. For the podcast. So that means... Wow, that's really cool. That's like 20 downloads an episode. Yeah, basically 20 downloads an episode. Some a little bit more, some a little bit less. Okay. But it's just not it's not just the five of us. Yeah, that's perfect. Who are the who are the three? I mean, who is the yeah, the other three? We got Levi. So Levi, two more. Oh, Katie. Katie. Your lady. Uh-huh. Katie. Your lady Katie. Katie. Hey Katie, how you doing? What's up? And a mystery one? My mom. Oh, maybe your mom. My mom. Was I was like, to I you. knew, I knew there was three. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Has your mom listened to all of them? No, she listened to. Um, I think she listened to like. Hi, actually, Mrs. Hall. Huh? I was saying hi to your mom. Oh yeah. Hi, Christian's mom. Um, <laughs> also, 
My grandmother? It's, it's weird. I don't think I've ever called your mom Mrs. Hall before. Hey, Christine. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like my dad. The yeah, moment you I, like felt like you could call him Jason. So, so Christian's dad was my seventh grade science teacher. Yeah. And uh, for a very, very long time, I always referred to him as Mr. Hall. Right. Like you would, right? Just because, because it was still like a student-teacher relationship a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like it felt weird not calling him Mr. Hall. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until we were playing games my senior year at Christian's house. Dungeons and Dragons. You, you didn't have to. <laughs> you didn't have to throw that part I in. think that would be fun to talk about. We just lost all 200 of our downloads. Oh, that's so funny. Just yeah. gone out the window. My dad loves Dungeons and Dragons. So his dad was hosting a Dungeons and Dragons game that yeah. me and Christian and two or three other people, um, friends of ours from high school, uh, would play in mm-hmm. basically every Sunday night for the better part of a year. Yeah, for a while. And that was really fun. It, it was. It was a ton of fun. That That is where I fell in love with T. Your computer just came unplugged if it's you okay. didn't notice that. Okay. Um, that is where I fell in love with T because yep. you were a bard and part of your bardness is you would dance around the kitchen making tea for yeah, everybody. Yeah, in real life, yeah. In real life. This was real life Christian. Yeah. Uh, your dad would get so frustrated at you. He's like, Christian, well, yeah. we're trying to play a game. I know. I, I My personality, something about, I was just like, I can't just sit here. I can't just sit here. There's like a lot of, I don't know, but it was really fun. I like really dug playing. But it wasn't until that time that I felt comfortable uh, calling Jason, Jason. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Because, because everybody else called him Jason they because didn't they didn't him. know him as right. Mr. Hall. Yeah. So. Yep. And, um. Dungeons and Dragons. We want to, like, you're my character. Are we, are we going to go into this now? A you don't bit. want to save this? For, okay, okay, we'll go into it a little bit. Okay. My, I was a bard. I was a halfling bard. My Ex- name was, explain what a bard is. Okay, bard is like the, like, musician, player. It's like, it, like, has an instrument and stuff. And that character plays music to, and its music has, like, like magical, magical powers. powers. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, twins. That, like, um, give the party, like, little stat boosts or whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't really, Or like, it heals people. Yeah, it heals people. Yeah. Sometimes it's, like, my favorite uh, attack of yours was Vicious Mockery. You yes. basically just make fun of an opponent until he just, like, dies. Yeah, exactly. Vicious <laughs> Mockery. What, like, like just being... The bard is, like, the, the little performer, so it'll have, like, a weird bullying thing or whatever. But a, a real-life parallel would be, like... Um, like the the drum corps of like a, an army. Oh like, yeah, like yep, marching or the bugle in, or something. Yeah, or the bugle like marching in front of the army as they're going to to fight and and that like music that rhythmic sound gets everybody like jazzed. getting everybody jazzed or like yep. like the the drummer keeping beat on the boat as everybody's rowing. Yeah. You know, for real. those type of things. Like those are like real life equivalents to like what the bard yeah. does. Yep. With the power of music. And I was just like, a little, I was just wiling out the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like getting into shenanigans. What was your character? My character was named Lucan. He was a half elf. What was his last name? <clears throat> Did he have a last name? He didn't, but your dad gave him one. Oh yeah. I your thought da- your dad, Gave him the moniker Dangle. Luke and Dangle. <laughs> Luke and Dangle. That's kind of, like, weird. Yeah. <coughs> Your dad likes to 
throw little quips in there at yeah. people's names. I never got it, but he would always be like, Luke and Dangle. What? <laughs> what? Like, why was that added? That's so weird. And our backstory was was that oh, I yeah. I was <clears throat> posing as a as a hero. I was, my character was a rogue, but he's pretending to be like this very heroic character from my town. And and he had gone oh. to your town. Oh yeah. And um, you volunteered to fight with him because your town was being attacked by a necromancer that uh, was bringing the undead back to life to attack the town. But you guys hadn't had an attack in a while, but you were concerned that the mm-hmm. necromancer high up in his castle was going to attack the town at any moment. Didn't you, weren't, didn't you like accidentally kind of like, like isn't, I feel like there's a weird folk tale. So, so like, parallels it. Oh, maybe. Where maybe. you like accidentally fixed the town and you were like, Oh, did, yeah, yeah that's basically what happened. So, like, <clears throat> me and you went to go vanquish the necromancer, and the we we found him dead. He had just died <laughs> of old age. Like the yes. town was in, under no threat at so, all anymore. Yes. And so we went back to the town and just accepted credit for yeah. <laughs> for we the necromancer. Do we have a statue there? erected? Yes, I think we had a statue yep. erected because we were writing our bios. Like we were. Yeah. We, yes, they were erected a statue. Yep, too. I love that. And so, yeah, that was, that was my character. I remember the, there was a time when we were in a dungeon. Yes. This is, this is the story I was going to tell. Yeah. Too. We like, we like one of, we, one we of us played ended very up in a differently hole. than we played very differently than the rest of the party. Who yeah. Would like, we had our own little things going on. <clears throat> the rest of the party would trudge along and like fight. And I was always trying to find ways to like win from cunning, which I guess is a roguish trait. And yeah, so, so like, there was one time with, like, I, I just bought a bunch of ball bearings because Jason had mentioned that, like, I was like, what what do they sell? I was like, do they sell ball bearings? I'll take a bag of 100 ball bearings. Yeah. And then, like, in the middle of a battle, I just, like, spill the ball bearings everywhere. So everybody's, like, tripping over these balls. Yeah. I'm like, Including ah. the bad guys. <laughs> and then there's another time that, like, we were at the back of the pack and everybody, like, rushed in and got, it, it, like, way overpowered. And yeah. we were, like... We can't help in this fight. Yeah. And so we hid down a well. Well, like, I thought we f- I, one of us fell, and then the other one tried to come in to rescue the other. We both ended up in the well, and I made tea for us <laughs> in the well. <laughs> and in real life. And in real life. But, I mean, ultimately, we we hid while the rest of our party yeah. was captured. Yep. And captured? Yeah, remember they were... come rescue them? Yeah, then we had to go res- rescue them, through again, through cunning. Yeah. Like... That was wow. yeah. That was always the, the Dungeons go-to. and Dragons. If you've never played Dungeons and Dragons, listener, it's a, just a game of storytelling. Yeah, it's so not uh, as bad as it seems. Oh yeah, from like the cultural perspective. I know there's a lot of like weird stuff in the 80s like, where people stig- are like, "It's well, the devil." Well, not even that. Just the stigma of it being like this dumb, nerdy, nerdy like oh. super like involved game. Mm-hmm. It's, it is. It's just. If you like telling stories and making up stories, you'll love it. Like, yeah, like that's ultimately the most important aspect of the game is right. creating stories. I think where the where the stigma comes in is when it becomes like a hiding place for like, like because you know the like classic, normal social interaction. Yeah, for real. But like, there is a really cool camaraderie that comes along with it. Like the dudes as as weird and like hermitous mm-hmm. as, as they may seem sometimes they like when they get around the table there's like 
uh, like brotherhood situation where mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like all of them eating their Doritos and drinking their Mountain Dew, but still like like teamwork and friendship and stuff really play a big part in it, and it has to totally. So we got very derailed from our follow-up before the follow-up even began. Oh, yeah. So uh, follow-up. Let's get some follow-up going. <laughs> follow-up. Um, my Twitter – so continue, I, I blocked all of, the, all of the people on the, on the Twitter, all of the naked ladies liking my pinned oh, tweet. Oh, that's so funny. That was your thing last week. Yeah, right, yeah. Last time we talked. Well, yeah, definitely not last week. Again, our bi-weekly podcast is more yeah. like a once-a-month podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, But we definitely um, – so I, it, the, the problem persisted, whereas like basically every day one naked person <laughs> would, like my, yeah. would like my pinned tweet. And, and I realized that after you block them, if you go and view the pinned tweet – from a different account, it still shows all of those people on the tweet. Oh, wow. So there's no way to remove them from their, t- their tweet, wow. I guess, unless the account is deleted. So they're like permanently on that. Wow. So despite how much I loved my drive shaft tweet, I, oh, yeah. I ultimately decided that I needed to remove it because Dang. like there was like 40 people that had liked it that were naked. Well, that's like, Still, like, any, like, bad press is press. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But I just, uh, it felt off brand for me. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so kind of I. like weird for people to see, like, <sighs> what all these weird, like, naked people are really, like, into Justin. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Twitter, I am making a plea. I am reaching out with the power of our 200 plus downloads. Thank you. You don't want to lose these 200 plus they could be all individuals for all we know. I don't know. I don't know who downloaded it. They could, it could be 200 unique people <laughs> all listening to this show. Um, that, that, that my, uh, I'll admit optimistic, optimistic, but, uh, tw- Twitter, you don't, you don't want to lose all of those, those people from Twitter because, that, you know they're ready to riot. They're ready to jump off yeah. your platform. They're they're looking at Instagram. They're yeah. looking at Snapchat. They're gonna set things on fire. Yeah, they're they're gonna burn cars in the streets. Yeah. Um, because of you know what Twitter has devolved into, which is just naked fake accounts trying yeah. to hack you. So that's annoying. The problem persists. Twitter, I await your response. I'm I'm sure um, that Twitter. CEO, Mr. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that... Named, I think it, it was self-named. Yeah, self-named, Mr. Twitter. Uh, I, I know, I happen to know he's he's an avid listener. He's one of the 200, yeah. so I am very confident that this problem will be resolved. So, yeah. Yeah, that is annoying. Okay, cool. In, in the last episode, I added um, something into the show description. In some podcasts, I've noticed on the Overcast app, you can skip forward through sections. Which is, that's the pod, that's like a cool third-party podcast app. Um, oh, Overcast, yes. yes. It is developed by um, a podcaster um, slash developer 
uh, named Marco Arment. He, he was one of the, like, one of the people that basically started Tumblr. Um, they did Instapaper. Now he does Overcast. Um, he's on a handful of podcasts as well. And I think that is a unique feature to um, something he is developing and toying around with the idea of releasing as an actual app or as an actual program um, to create the functionality of skipping back and forth. But I've noticed a few other podcasts as well have like hyperlinked um, timestamps on their show notes. So you oh, can, yeah. you can like click the timestamp on the show notes of the certain section, like chapters, like chapters, and it will jump you forward, uh, into that section of the podcast. So if like halfway through the dungeons and dragons part of our opening segments, mm-hmm. if you're like, I've had enough dungeons and dragons, I just want follow up. You could click the hyperlink for follow up and it would skip you forward just in, to that spot. into the follow up section. Yeah. And so I was toying around trying to play around and figure out how to make this happen. Could not figure it out for the life Mm. of me. And the resources for trying to figure it out, something like that, is a lot like um, the struggles that I had starting out with a podcast and figuring out how to – how show notes worked. I didn't realize off the back that – and part of it was using a separate platform, um, hosting it directly through Squarespace as opposed to going through Libsyn into Squarespace. Mm. Um, and through like it, Libsyn is now our primary, primary place that our podcast is hosted. Mm-hmm. Our website, the, 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 the link on the website, if you were to listen to the podcast on the website itself, um, is playing from, Libsyn's hosting. Right. Okay. So our podcast is hosted on Libsyn now before it was hosted on Squarespace. And I think part of the reason I had a hard time getting show notes onto the show was, was because of that. But, mm. but in researching how to get show notes um, so that you can just scroll down and see all of the notes in one place in the podcast app, literally nothing explained how this, like literally I couldn't find a YouTube video. I couldn't find posts from, I, I looked at, at famous podcasters' workflows where they went in detail discussing how they um, created their, their shows on a show-by-show mm-hmm. basis, like the, the what they did, how they recorded, what equipment they used, how they edited it, what software they used. And it literally, when it came to show notes, it's like, and put in the show notes. And, and like nothing explained how the show notes, how what you talk about and how what you write up what you're talking about goes into the show, uh, wow. how, how it gets pushed on on the RSS feed with the audio to show up in the podcast player. Um, wow, yeah. So that's probably there's there's probably potential for a YouTube video to be made to explain something so simple as that. Yeah, yeah. For because real. literally most of the platforms do it intuitively. That's what Libsyn does, and that's why I realized after we switched to Libsyn, and I retroactively <clears throat> added in all of the show notes for the shows that that existed before Libsyn. Mm-hmm. And so um, the same lack of information is there for the timestamps. I can't <clears throat> I can't find hold on, let me get a drink. My voice is getting scratchy. Zippity doo da. Literally looking up um, the timestamps 
there's no information there. There, there, there's, I, I've looked at the podcasts that have that functionality in it and cannot figure out how they do it. And I can't find anywhere mm. on Reddit, on YouTube, on Google searches, how to get hyperlinked timestamps. Yeah. Uh, and, and I thought I, I had read someplace that overcast does it intuitively as well, that you would type in a time code in a like zero zero colon zero zero colon zero zero, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like you would type it in yep. and just set it next to the text in that format, and the intuitively overcast would would take that and accept it and and hyperlink oh, wow. it, um and and so that it would have that functionality in a in a third party app like um it's funny we call it a third party app it's it's not a third party app all apps are third party for podcasting that's just how podcasting is. Oh, um, what about the podcast app? That's just iTunes podcast app. It links to their iTunes library, which is the biggest repository of where you can find um, podcasts. Mm-hmm. But but all podcasts are hosted independently of iTunes. If iTunes shut down tomorrow, it doesn't affect podcasts. Oh, wow, cool. Um, so I it's see, technically yeah. that that is a third-party app as well. Um, but yeah, so, so I, I, t- I typed it in, I typed in time code in, into our previous show notes and no hyperlink and I can't, I can't figure it out. Hmm. So I think I'll still continue time stamping if somebody wants that information to be able to scrub through yeah. and t- to go forward to a certain section or if they like, liked a section and they want to show your friends because you are a good loyal podcast listener and as a good loyal podcast listener, you share us with your friends. Yeah. But if there's something specifically like, hey, I know my friend's a big D&D fan. He'll enjoy that D&D section. Scrub, 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 scrub. Here you go. Listen to this D&D section of my favorite podcast, A yeah. Talking Duo. Yes. So I'll continue to add the timestamps. Hopefully, we'll figure out the functionality. And if we do figure out how to do that, I'll retroactively go through all of the show notes uh, so they'll update all of the show Sweet. notes of the previous ones with timestamps. So that's uh, that's that. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of Dr. Mario lately. Is that your follow-up? Yeah. Well, that's just a weird little thing that popped in. We we have... Um, we have uh, our our uh, channel on YouTube, uh, a, gaming a gaming duo. duo. Notice the branding. We have uh, a talking duo. There's a podcast. We have a video duo. Yeah. Which, as that was the first one. Yeah, it's the first one. And as we've branded it, a video duo is is like the the like primary play, like the primary channel. Yeah. But but it's like. The closest to defunct. Like we, we, we need to do something with that. Yeah, we we need to create another video. I'm we could post pr- some some like stuff that we've made before. We've ha- we have two videos. We've won two video contests. We have with like really awesome, well produced videos by you. Your dance dance revolution video. The dance dance revolution one. We I, also I, had I the time I travel done, one. I could have done that one so much better. Oh, we should post the time travel that? one. Yeah. Yeah. That one was fun. That was really fun. That was about like the hamster that I buried. Mm-hmm. That was so funny. Yeah, I, I like that. Okay, yeah, let's let's okay. post that. Let's yep. let's because those plan are both on posting those video duo things. Hey, yeah, th- I mean that's the you origin. Mean? That's pre a video duo channel, a video duo. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's so that, post those. And then the, and then there's the gaming duo. Yeah, channel. gaming duo, which is the one thing I was gonna 
bring up that's where we play games and record obviously it's just our gaming channel so um we which we are terrible gamers in general we're not like oh yeah we're like to snuff the the games that we've played on the the gaming duo channel are mario and pokemon (laughs) yeah and so yeah we downloaded like in order to, to record in order to record mario we actually bought a um we bought a like video a game video game recording box yeah it's like an interface that the <laughs> the video game console plugs into this interface and then plugs into your tv so you're able to record yeah. it and play it on the tv at the same and we time. haven't used that much we only did use that for for mario obviously. three videos we but, we never completed that series oh yeah we should go back to that. also be because mario is really hard it's so hard we were playing um we got stuck on super like mario world Huh? Which Mario were we playing? Super Mario World. Okay, yeah, Super Mario World. Yeah, that's the one on and Super it gets, Nintendo. It gets tough. We like we were in really like tough. the little forest area. I, we, I think we got just past the forest area. I think we could still do it. We would just. We would it's just, just grinding. Yes, yeah, grind exactly. it out. But we download in order to now in order to record the Pokemon uh, videos that we've been playing. Oh my gosh, that game is that is that game is so fun playing it. I know. I could. I, yeah, I, I get like sad in the gaps of time that we go without playing it. I know because I think we should record one tonight. Okay, okay, that sounds really awesome. Okay, Pokemon Yellow is what we're playing. We have this challenge that Justin came up with the Pokemon Yellow mm-hmm. challenge. The PYC, yes. Hashtag PYC on Twitter. Hashtag PYC. Throw it up there. Tweet at us. Hashtag PYC. Yeah, and, and also, ha- also hashtag your favorite Pokemon in that. Um, also. Oh yeah, so we downloaded. Oh yeah, the Pokemon Yellow Challenge is where we uh, are playing through the entire game of Pokemon Yellow, which is going to take forever, but it's okay. It's going to be a blast for us, and we hope that you guys enjoy watching it. And we are. You also to beat- get to see my competitive side come out. I yeah. trash oh, talk. Oh my Christian. gosh! Yeah, but Christian can't catch up with the trash talk. It's coming to a slow though, because I'm telling you, man, I'm we're we're getting pretty neck and neck. For a while there, it looked like you were gonna well, championize. Well, you, you you pushed ahead of me, and then I pushed significantly ahead of you, and yeah. somehow, somehow somehow I came back. You you came back. Yeah. Now we're pretty neck and neck. Um, I had to just ignore a lot of trainers. Like, you fought a lot of trainers? Yeah, yeah. As a result, I mean, yes, you did get the XP, but I am... I was forging ahead. I'm getting swole, bro. Dude, I have a Gyarados. That, like, Gyarados oh. is crazy strong. Okay, <laughs> I, yeah, I got... I invested in that Magikarp at the beginning, and then I did the whole, like... Oh, all right, okay. okay. Yeah, but, watch um, the videos. Watch the videos, watch yes. Watch the videos. Continue what um, you were saying. But the challenge is where we have to beat the game uh, first using only six total pokemon we can only fill up our six slots and that's it those are your pokemon those those are them they're gonna be like really really strong but yeah you only have six pokemon total so we're just gonna beat the whole game with six pokemon only um but in order to play in order to record that we were playing it on our computers and we downloaded this um this emulator emulator open and open emu yeah um it's really cool emulator and i downloaded uh dr mario which was it was like a puzzle pack it was like dr mario and like puzzle time or something like that but like i've been playing dr mario it is awesome it is so awesome i've never played it before but i knew like like strategy games like that like weird weird little puzzle games strategy games lol puzzle games are like really fun for like listening to something listening to music listening to a podcast and Mm -hmm. just playing because you can zone out all you have to keep in mind is these colors and i'm telling you these colors are i'm dreaming about them 
Uh, well, you're, you're getting the Tetris effect. Yes. In real life, in while real, I'm like driving yeah. down the road, I'm like looking at cars as though they were, they were these little tricolor pills. <laughs> and you're like trying to like think about how you would move them in yeah. a significant way to eliminate the color row. Yeah. You have to line up. So, so Mario throws it, a pill like, at you. It's like bejeweled, right? Um, n- no, it's more of a mix of like, um, well, I guess it's like a mix of like Tetris and Bejeweled. You have to, you have like these colors, these colored pills, which are, which there's only a combination of three colors. Um, and it's, uh, or no, it's like each pill has two colors and they are either red, red, blue, or yellow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, a, it's any combination of red, blue, or yellow on, a on a, um, two tone pill and you just flip, flip the colors and, line up um four in a row of the same color anyway it's just like super addicting and i am loving it i don't know i just wanted to share that i'm playing dr mario and i haven't ever played it and it's really fun yeah we're we're a little behind the the times on our video game <laughs> yeah. play i know they're all like really old games <laughs> i'm like i don't i'm not keeping up i like i have a ps3 and that I, I got it like in high school like junior year of high school or something like that and like like I loved it, but I haven't been playing it lately. That's okay. Nineties games hold up, man. These are these are holding yeah, up. Yeah, there's something really awesome about like like low bits. You know, like what Doctor Mario's like sixteen bit or something mm-hmm. like that. But like they had to get really creative with totally. minimal graphics, and they did a really good job. They're, those games are really fun. So I got a package in the mail a few weeks ago, and. Uh, in the package, it contained something called Snatums. Snatums. I saw that on our notes. What is Snatums. that? Snatums. So it is a um, like a molecular modeling kit. Wow, nerd! <laughs> wow. It um, so Derek Mueller, um, dots and lines, right? Hmm? dots and lines like adams like in order to did i not show you these i think you showed me a video it was like a kickstarter right yeah yeah so Derek mueller um he does the youtube channel veritasium very good youtube channel um he as just kind of a one-shot thing uh did a kickstarter to kind of create a new type of molecular molecular modeling kit um, what is the purpose of this, by the way? That is like magnetic. So, so okay. all of the atoms like magnetize to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the purpose of me owning one or what is the purpose of molecular modeling kits? I suppose both, but I feel like you have a creative reason to have it. What is the purpose of them? And then, yours? okay. So, um, molecular modeling kits are used in education, uh, to better visualize how molecules interact with one another. Okay. Um, so, like in chemistry, like you have your electrons and your neurons, and well, well, uh, even j- just proteins. like um, your like <coughs> hi- hydrogen atoms, oxygen atoms, carbon atoms, mm-hmm. how they interact with, e- with, with elements, each other, gas elements, yeah, or no, even just like elements in general, yeah. how they interact with each other to build yeah. more significant things. Cool, yeah, like plastics and stuff. And so, being able to model it and touch it and manipulate it. Um, is an important part of the learning process. 
to be to, to to kind of wrap your mind around it. And so wow. that's why they've been used historically. A lot of them nowadays have been moved more to software. Um, the reason oh, yeah. I bought it is because I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it um, is kind of cool. Yeah, and and that was like it was just like a splurge last December. I, I just got it like in August because it was a Kickstarter thing, and like once you got all mm-hmm. paid paid for or whatever. So send it out. yeah, it was just like a splurge. I was like, that's really cool. Like I would love to own something like that. Childhood me would be ecstatic to see Nerd. me buy something like that, and. <laughs> And, you know, I've got the money to buy it now because I'm an adult. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, I want that. I'm just going to buy it. I'm just going to do it. Like, no guilt at all. Yeah. Dropping some dough on this Kickstarter yeah. to secure my Snadam's kit. Also, it's for education, which is always a noble cause. Right, but not for my education. <laughs> oh, it's just like, you're, but you're paying for it. You're finding education. Yeah. Well, yeah, ho- hopefully, hopefully a lot of those... You know, see the light of the schoolroom and are useful. Yeah, for products. real. So, um, I think it would be really cool if you, um, like made a model of your like of like a compound that you really love, something that means a lot to you. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've seen people get like the um, the com- the chemical composition or whatever for like the feelings of love or something like tattooed mm-hmm. on them or something like that. You know, like. So what is it like serotonin or something, something that's released when you're like mm-hmm. fall in love. And so they get that tattooed on them or like something, what, what are other meaningful, like chemical compounds, compositions or whatever? So uh, wait, are you telling me that I should get a tattoo of chemicals? Oh no, I'm just thinking okay. like you should have one on display. Like, oh, have like that be like a display, display in your room. People so, ask about So I'll, I'll link to uh, my Twitter post in the show notes. Um, but I actually tweeted at Veritasium. And uh, he liked my tweet. No, NBD. Uh, That's cool. But famous I, person liking your tweet. On it, I um, built three three chemicals. Uh, I built. Did you send like a picture of them? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. I built. And I didn't reference it. I just like took the picture and just like stoked to have my. You know, new Snatoms kit that just arrived in the mail. Snatoms? Why Snatoms? Is it like Snap Adams? Yeah, I think so. Okay. But on it, I built ethanol, water, H2O, and carbon dioxide. How did you know what those look like? Well, water is very easy. You, I don't it, know what it, it looks like. It's well, it's it's H2O. So it's, yeah, it's well, I know what it sounds like. Two oxygen. What does an oxygen like atom look like? Oh wait, no, two hydrogen and one oxygen, H two, yeah. Well, so they're color coded. Okay. So like carbon is black. There's black, red, blue. I think blue's nitrogen, white's oxygen, and red's hydrogen. I think that's how. Can you only make no white's hydrogen, red's oxygen? Can you only make com- chemical compounds that like involve just those three elements? Um, with this kit, there there was more kits with more like chemicals or, yeah. or uh, elements or whatever. Yeah. So, um, but the the re- wait, wait. So there's a different color for each element on the on the um, elemental chart or whatever. Is that how it works? Um, in modeling, yeah, like you want to be able to distinguish between the elements that you're modeling. 
Okay. Okay. I see. So you could, you could just, you would just have to associate like a color to like one of the, like how many chemicals, how many, how many elements would you use in a certain chemical composition up to like probably five or something like that? And you would just kind of color code. Well, like, so like a single water molecule is two hydrogen and one oxygen atoms. So, so it's just, it's just literally like, like one of the red ones with two white ones snapped onto it. Right. But so like, that's it. What about the ones that have like, like N N two O five H three um, P C eight? You know what I mean? Right, like, right. how would you do that? Like color wise? Like you would just have to have enough and have all the correct elements, colors or whatever. Yeah, and then they'd go together. They also have totally the. Cool. Um, like the bonds, so you can like double bond atoms and triple bond atoms. Right, because it's all magnetic. Yeah, and so you can snap on like double bonds and triple bonds, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah, and you have um, lines, right? What are like what are the little stems or whatever that connect them? Right. So this is the, so this is a departure of the ball and stem model. The ball oh. and stem is the traditional model. Oh, okay. Th- this one uses magnets instead of the stems. But for double and triple bonds, there is like oh, I there see. is like an additional piece in be- or piece or pieces in between the elements. Okay, I see. Yep, the, to, the to, stem to, is just a model mm-hmm. purpose to, to show that those two are connected. I see. When you're drawing it out. So anyway, any guesses as to why I picked ethanol, water, and carbon dioxide? Ethanol is fuel, so that's a fuel thing. Wait, water is classic water. Wait, hold on. Ethanol, water, carbon dioxide. They all have something to do with earth. Oh, you're pointing. I think beer. Mm. They have to do with beer. Wow. Wait, what is... Ethanol is an alcohol. Uh, Water and carbonation. Carbon dioxide. Ah, that's so, very clever. This is a little slight, like... Ah, did like, he know? Did Or did you just send just no, that? No, he, he never commented on it, but... <coughs> but he liked it. But he liked it, so I, I wonder think that's a lot. What you were doing. I don't know. I, I think he receives quite a few of these a day. Oh, yeah, probably, probably. That's very clever. Wow. So, yeah. You, yeah, that would be a cool... That would be a cool little, like, display to have. Yeah, definitely. Can, do you have enough to have all three displayed? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And how many? They, how big are? How big are these balls? Um, probably about the, the size the, of a baseball, the, or no, 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 smaller. the The biggest one is probably uh, the biggest one is probably cl- a little bit smaller than a baseball. Clementine. Yeah, like so Clementine, Clementine size. Okay. So, and yeah. the smallest one is like a rubber bouncy ball. Yep. Cool. Yep. I, I, I like your size comparisons. Yeah. Clementines and bouncy balls for scale. So onto the coasters. I picked okay. out a coaster for you, um, something that I thought would be fun to talk about, and you Sick. picked out one for me. Yep, so something I think it would be fun to talk about. I will go first. You go first? Okay, cool. Show me yours. And I'm looking at the back of it. Oh, yes. Yes, right? Also, yep. th- when I saw this cover, I thought it was the... It's one of the most such creative, a, clever such covers. A clever cover. Yeah. Okay. So the the DVD that Christian picked out is the Princess Bride. Great movie. Great. You movie. know it's a great movie, listener. And the cover uh, it says the Princess Bride, and if you flip it upside down, it also says the Princess Bride. That's the new one. That's the one that was released. Can you look at the 
back? Is there a way to find out where when that edition was released? Um, Wait, hold on. It says 20th anniversary collector's edition. Yeah, 2007. 2007. Okay, cool. So that was when that was when they uh, released this. Like, I love that. I love like little. What is that called? I'm gonna look it up right now. The the little thing that like the words are the same upside down as they are right side up. Words upside down. Words upside down same. Okay, here we go. This is one form of an ambigram. Ambigram. An ambigram from Latin, ambi, both, and Mm. gram, letter. Like ambidextrous. Yeah, is a word or words that can be read in more than one direction, where the word reads the same when upside down or turned over, form an entirely new word. Mm. So that's the cover of Princess Pride. Cover of Princess Bride. So, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my, my, the first Give me an thing, assessment. The first thing that comes to mind. Um, and then I'll let you talk about Princess Bride. Cool. Um, the first time I saw Princess Bride, I didn't see it in, it in its entirety. I saw a portion of it on television. I had to have been under eight years old. Oh, wow. Um, it was because I know be, I know that because it was when we still lived in Flagstaff. I was okay. in my parents' room in mm-hmm. our upstairs in Flagstaff cool. in our townhome, and I turned on the TV, and I came across the Princess Bride, and I did not know what I was watching, and it was all I remember was like the scene where they go into the forest mm-hmm. and like tumble down the hill and go what into the that forest. Called? What is that forest called? I don't remember. I don't remember either. And um. I thought that it I was like is this another Star Wars movie? Ooh. I th- for for so like I thought this was like a Star Wars movie or like a Star Wars tale. I thought it was like somehow related to Star Wars. Hmm. Yeah, I mean the weird like terrains that are displayed yeah, in Star weird Wars terrains yeah. and he's got like a costume on and a mask and yeah, I just associated it with Star Wars. So that's my little Princess Bride story. Um, first memory of Princess Bride. Do you want to go ahead and... Uh... Yeah. Well, I love Princess Bride because it has everything. It has everything in it. And it, and it doesn't... It, it takes... It has everything in it and it takes it seriously. It has romance in it and it takes it seriously. It has comedy in it and, ironically enough, it takes it seriously. And it has action in it, and it takes it seriously. It does very well at the action sequences. And it has adventure, obviously, and the adventure. And it's it's great storytelling. It, it is really is. such a great story, and it's told so well. Yes. It's everything that a good story needs. It's everything that everyone wants in a good story. And it's And, like, we're actually seeing it through the lens of Fred Savage as a little one. Mm-hmm. And he's like... Come on, Grandpa. I don't want to see. I don't want to hear this story. And he's like, "I'm telling you, you're gonna love it. It's got everything." And you know, that's kind and of the, it does. It yeah, does. and it really does. It has. It, I think he even says, "Like, actually, can I can I see that that DVD?" Yep. I'm sure it says in the description a story of like this, that, and the other thing. Um. Yeah, here it is. Now with all three featurettes and the all new True Love. Wait. Wait. Never mind. Hold on. Oh, you know what? It doesn't. It just kind of gives a little description, but yeah, the grandpa in it, um, 
says it has everything. It's just, it just yeah. really does. And it's amazing. It's like really good. It's a full story. Awesome. That's why I love it. On to Christian's coaster. I hit it under oh, yeah. my hat. Let me grab my coaster. And it is, ooh, it's thin. It's a thin DVD. Let me see. Mm-hmm. Seinfeld, season five, disc three. Season five, disc Dude, three. We can talk about Seinfeld. So Seinfeld is maybe my all-time favorite show. Yeah. It's, it is it is up there with The Office. <sighs> And and maybe on its own with The Office is like a show that I will never get sick of. Right. I will watch any episode at any time, all the time. Right. It, very different from The Office. The Office also has everything like Princess Bride, where it takes its funny part seriously. It takes its drama seriously. There's mm-hmm. relationship stuff. There's so much heart in The Office. Seinfeld is is very different. Very show. different. It's such a different show. It is it is all ups. Yeah. Anything bad that happens is not taken seriously. Right. And it is so funny. It is just like genius in the way that it just downplays anything important. It takes it like I was I was thinking this. I was saying this earlier a long, like a while ago or whatever. But it values nothing. It mm-hmm. places value no value on anything. I mean other than like comedic value. Mm-hmm. But everything is like even like heartbreaks and and tragedies mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Nope. nope. Not going to be taken the way that you would expect anything like that to be taken. Mm-hmm. It's There's always a comedic edge, and it's always delivered pointedly. And but very, Yeah, it's very funny. So the reason I picked this disc... This particular... Season 5, disc 3... Is because it has what I think is, like, the greatest comedic monologue... On television of all time. Wow, share. So if you'd flip over the back, would you read the description of the marine biologist episode? Okay. Wow. The marine biologist, episode 13. George starts dating an old classmate when Jerry tells her that George is a successful marine biologist. Elaine's electronic organizer injures a passerby when her Russian novelist client launches it from their limo. Kramer golfs on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> so the ver- the climax of the, the episode. Oh, yeah. Is this the one that has like the weird dramatic music or something mm-hmm. playing? So so George is wa- walking with his girlfriend on the beach, and she thinks he's a marine biologist. Oh, and man. because it's Seinfeld, he totally just plays into the lie. Aren't there a bunch of things where like George is a supposed... Oh this yeah, or that. his favorite thing to pretend he is is an architect. That's funny. Wow. His 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 uh, made up name for himself is Art Vanderlei. That's funny. Sometimes he's an import importer exporter. Sometimes he's an architect. And That's uh, weird. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, but so she thinks he's a marine biologist, and they're walking on the beach, and they come upon like a crowd around a beached whale, and, yes. and somebody from the crowd yells. Is someone here a marine biologist? <laughs> yes. And so he like, there's like a shot of Perfect. him like ripping off his hat and walking confidently yes. out into the out into the ocean. And just the final monologue of that episode, because Kramer, the, his whole thing in that episode is is he he wants to go get like a bucket of balls and bring him to the beach. 
and hit them out into the ocean. Can you do that? Is that legal? <laughs> probably not. Wow, yeah. Because um, that sounds like it would be really fun, but probably illegal. But also littering, probably. Yeah. It's yeah, probably considered littering. Yeah. And, and so just George, George's monologue, he, he starts telling the story. He, he's, he's like, and so I waded out into the water and, uh, the sea was angry that day. My friends. Oh yes. Like I an love old this. Man. This is in the diner, wasn't it? Yeah. He's, he, yeah, he's recounting the story to, to the gang. Yes. He's like, the sea was angry that day. My friends, like an old man trying to send back soup in a deli. Yes. <laughs> like that line has always just, yes. just like imprinted into my brain. The sea was angry. At, my friends. just like brilliant. Yes. And it, 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 like the wave, he's like, the waves are crashing on, onto me. And, and then like a big swell comes in and, and crashes into me. And I find myself on top of this, this giant fish. It, and then yes. Jerry says, mammal. And he's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. As a marine biologist. It is like in, in that moment, <laughs> I was a marine biologist. He's, yes. he's like, I, I look down at it, and I could tell something is obstructing its breathing. And, and so I, I reach into the blowhole and pull out and he raises his hand and then reveals a golf ball. Ah, that's so funny. It, it Kramer's like, is that a Titleist? <laughs> and he just nods. And then Kramer's like, hole in one. <laughs> and that's <laughs> yes. the end of the episode. Ah, that's so perfect. Uh, and, and I just think that that is just like a real, uh, just a brilliant, like moment of television yep. that is just like iconic. That is like iconic Seinfeld yep. to me. Yep. So yep. that's why really I picked iconic. that particular disc. I love that. All right, Christian, you know what time it is. I think I do. It is time for our weekly pet peeves slash unnecessarily strong opinions. We need to, we need to have a song. We or need, a sound. Yeah. We need to make like a little jingle there. Yeah, I agree. We're, we're, I can just be like, you know what time it is, and then we just, boo. Yep. Yeah, little segments. Yeah, yeah little segments. Okay, what's your pet peeve? My weekly pet peeve, um, or should I say bi-weekly or monthly or whenever we record this, pet peeve yeah. is uh, the proper way to do the dishes. Ooh, do tell. So I am the only one in my family that thinks this way. There is a unit... It sits under the counter, and its purpose is to clean the dishes and sanitize the dishes for you. The way that my family goes about cleaning the dishes is uh, to stuff it well past capacity. Ooh. And so it gets turned on, and then when you're emptying the dishwasher, uh, again, I'm the only one that notices or seems to care. Um so when I'm emptying the dishwasher, I am forced to inspect uh, each dish as it comes out because, like, half of them basically didn't get hit with any water because of how packed full the dishwasher is. Yeah. So my plead as a part of my pet peeve is that you wouldn't run – just one load of laundry. You wouldn't stuff... If you hadn't done laundry in a month, you wouldn't take all of your laundry and just keep shoving it in yeah. until every last piece of laundry was in with no room left. 
in 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 the washer. That'd right. be insanity. Like yeah, and the washer would work way too hard. Everyone can agree that is a crazy way to do laundry. Yeah. Why do we do that with dishes? If you have a ton of dishes, do two loads of dishes. It's I think it's perfectly fine and acceptable to admit we have a large family. We use a lot of dishes. Sometimes we'll have to run two loads of dishes or yep. run one load of dishes more often. Yeah. Very good point. Wow. That's my weekly pet peeve. It may be concise, but I'm very passionate. Yep. Okay, now my pet peeve. This one is pretty, like, deep, mm. but it, like, really is in line with my personality. Fakers, man. Fakers. When I'm, like, like, and this is, like, I have a lot of, like, grace for people like this because it's a lot of people. But when you're talking with somebody and you're, you're listening authentically and you're like really trying not uh, authentically, that's so funny. Like that word is weird to just use as it sounds kind of forced, but like you're, you're sounds being like there. you're faking it, huh? Sounds like you're faking it. I know the word off like <laughs> saying it that way, but like you're, you're here, you're in the moment, you're listening, you're willing to share yourself with a person and they give you. And you know, they're like, they're putting the shield up. There's something in, there's something between you and them that like, you're trying to like, listen to their heart or whatever, and you're not really getting it. Or just have like a actual human interaction. Yeah, exactly. And they're just, there's just an obvious like, plastered on smile Mm. or like, classic, like response. You're like, how are you doing? And they're like, I'm good, man. Blah, blah, blah. And you're just like man, that's not how you're doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that might be pretty edgy of a pet peeve. And honestly, you like... You can cut a knife with the edge. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like, a pet peeve might be strong, but it's just trying to, trying to get the realest out of people. And when I'm, or like trying to give the realest to people. And when it's like met with, with not the realest... I just, I'm not, I'm not like super annoyed. I don't treat them any differently. I just feel bummed. That's it. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Hey, it's your peeve. You can be peeved about I'm whatever peeved. you want. Man, give me the realist. <laughs> yes. So that's my pet peeve. Well, first things first, I am the realist. Yes, you are. Who is that? Who said that? Is Iggy that Azalea. Drake? Oh, is it Iggy? Who'd you say? Drake. Drake? I don't know. First things first, I'm the realist. You thought I was a dude. I was Iggy Azalea. Well, I, I don't mean, know what she's doing now. To be fair, our friend Ben is the one that would always say that. So, oh yeah, he'd always yeah he'd also always randomly say, uh, "Shy Town D Rose." That's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Which is like a line in the middle of a rap song that's <laughs> completely unconnected to everything He's else. So funny. You always just be like, "Shut down, D Rose." That's so funny. Wow. Like, okay, Ben. Yes, Ben. I hope you're one of our 200 downloads. Yes. For real. For real. Okay, I think time for segment numero dos. Unnecessarily strong opinions. Is that where we're yeah. going? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is not our I second mean, segment. Yeah, this is like a continuation of our weekly segments here at a talking duo. So, unnecessarily strong opinion. Do you want right. to go first or I can? I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. We'll okay. keep it one, two, one, two this time. Cool. 
And um, mine is the Oxford comma. I am a strong advocate of the use of the Oxford comma. I learned how to write with the Oxford comma, and apparently not everybody learned how to write that way, and apparently like a lot of people don't care at all for the Oxford comma. Are you familiar with the Oxford comma? I am. I'm not sure if I know how to use it properly. So in a list, and, and this baffles me because because you say you use it properly, technically either way is correct, and that mm. is what drives me crazy. Wow. That is why I have not a necessarily strong opinion. To me, clearly one way is the correct way. Wow, um, yeah. So if you're listing a bunch of things, I'm going to the store to buy eggs, comma, milk, comma, potato chips, comma, and and soda, period. Okay. It's the it's that last comma before the and. Okay. Apparently, you like you can not use that and be correct. Not like apparently. And will, and not will apparently. The you comma? can not use that final comma before the and and be correct. Okay. And even though you are technically correct, which a lot of people think is the best kind of correct, is just technically correct. I'm technically correct. Yeah. And I'm like, you are also an idiot. Wow. Um, was that too strong? Is this too <laughs> strong of an opinion? I don't know. I want to know more. I, I think clearly the best way to communicate and clearly the the way of communicating that that has the least possibility of causing confusion is to use the Oxford comma. And this, why? What where could the confusion lie? So I'll give you an example. So say an actor goes up to accept an Academy Award, right? And they want to thank a couple people in particular. And so in closing out their people that they would like to, <coughs> to thank, they, they say, I would also like uh, to, to thank my roommates, John Cena and God with the comma after John Cena, you're saying, I would like to thank my roommates, comma, John Cena, who was apparently very influential in this actor's life, mm -hmm. comma, and God. Without the comma, you could, you may not be saying, it gets ambiguous if you don't use the mm -hmm. comma, it's technically correct if you don't use the comma, but without the comma, you could be saying, I would like to thank my roommates, comma, who are named John Cena and God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. W without the second comma, you may be implying you live with John Cena and God. <laughs> yeah. And so that is why I have an unnecessarily or possibly very yes. necessary yeah. opinion necessary. on the Oxford comma. It won't always cause confusion to not use it, but it will never cause confusion to use it. Wow. Yeah. Why do we accept anything less? Yep. And and as much as I as much as I like Vampire Weekend. I give an F about an Oxford comma. Yes. I do. Yep, there it is. Cool, I feel it. Honestly, I want... Because with, with my unnecessarily strong opinion, I think it could also be taken as a pet peeve. Just like that could be taken as a pet peeve. Maybe. Yep. Well, I mean, really, these segments are designed to blur the lines of 
what we find acceptable and to just stir up emotion in us. So yeah. either of them could be basically interchangeable yeah. most of the time. Yep. So my, I have an unnecessarily strong opinion uh, of the correct pun- pronunciation of words. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, um, well, okay, maybe, maybe you have a, a, an unnecessarily strong opinion as well as I, um, when I say escape or mm-hmm. especially or expresso expresso that oh, one cuts a- my heart well like in europe don't they say espresso isn't it re- like no but, spelled espresso? so re- remember like you told me that no, no i i uh, on on one of the videos i'll link to it below i <laughs> i Show took a, a picture. picture of a sign yeah to to send to you in the video of a cafe that for some reason like labeled it on their menu espresso your cafe in france don't call it espresso what are you talking about yeah what are you talking it's about espresso france? it's espresso espresso so, is not a thing yeah it's super not and also well escape and especially there's no x in those there's no x in those right. so don't say that and right. also um don't don't insert letters into words that aren't there and when people as a rule spell out should of because they've heard the mm. word should have Mm-hmm. Which is S S H O U L D apostrophe V E because it's a it's compound a con- word. Yeah, it's a contraction. Yeah, it's oh, it's a contraction. Yeah, doy. Um, but should of of what does should that even mean? Have yeah, should have. And also, this is a sad one, but I hear it a lot. All of the sudden, oh no, oh no, it's all of a sudden. It's all of a sudden. It makes me sad. All of a sudden, and I don't like like. No, it's going for all of the suddens. Yeah, all of every the, every sudden, all of the suddens. Yes, I know exactly. All of the su- all of one sudden. I don't even know what all of a sudden is is the way you say it. But yeah, just things like that. I've, I've got another one. Okay, hit me with it. Statistics. Oh, statistics. That's so. <sighs> also, another one. Frustrated. Oh. oh gosh! Frustrated. Grown humans who call spaghetti paschetti. Oh, gross! That's not real. Is that real? <laughs> it's so real. Oh, gross! And it is 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 abomination. Yeah, it is. Wow! Okay. If I was king of the world, first thing I'm doing, making the word Ill- illegal paschetti. <laughs> yep. Oh, for real. Um, Top of the list. I feel like there's not. Oh, did I talk about Reese PCs? I did. You did. Oh my gosh, Reese PCs kills me. Yep. Okay, so those are my. That's mine. Just pronunciation of things that kind of continues off of last time. You feeling heated? You feeling peeved? Yeah, feeling peeved. Feeling real unnecessarily strong about our opinions. Lee opinionated. Opinionated. <laughs> Lee strongly opinionated. Yes. And that leads us into our main topic for today, and that is. Personality profiles. This is this is a Christian episode. This is straight up, yeah, Christian's favorite. I have a lot to say about these. You I, do too. I do too. But one of us is significantly more excited to say yeah. their things. Yeah, me. It's me. You. So I think the easiest thing to do would be to run down um, some major personality profiles up top. Um, and just say what we are in them and just give a brief overview of what that means 
And so let's just start um, with the big one, MBTI, Myers-Briggs. Myers-Briggs, yep. And? The Enneagram. Well, oh, oh, oh no, I was at, like what you are in the Myers-Briggs. But okay, yeah, so we'll talk about Myers-Briggs, Enneagram. Maybe DISC test? DISC, we'll, we'll throw in some DISC in there. I can't, I'm trying to think of others. We'll, we'll just stick with those three. Okay, cool. Um, if you have any other personality profile tests that you would like us to discuss, tweet at us, call or text us if you have our phone numbers because you're one of our core three. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll discuss. Or just give us a shout. Yeah, just give us a shout. Just shout really loud. Yeah, we'll probably hear, hear you. We'll we got good you. hearing. So, okay, Myers-Briggs. Uh, my Myers-Briggs uh, results are ENFP. And mine are INTJ. How many times have you taken the Myers-Briggs? Uh, like twice. Okay, I've taken it like once a year for like three or four years. Wow, um, dude, this commitment. Yeah, to j- just to, uh, it became like a little bit of an experiment just to see if it changes, how it, how it changes, ebbs and flows. Right. Um, but I'm very solidly every time INTJ. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, Enneagram. My Enneagram number, which Enneagram, like, I feel like each of these is going to need like a little description. We, we, we can discuss okay. yeah, more descriptively, but okay. just, my Enneagram number is four. I'm a four on four. the Enneagram. I am a, I think you're a five. five. Are you a five? Oh yeah. You're a five. Yes, I am a five. So four is the artist, the individualist, the, oh, or the wait, romantic. Wait, four, four, type four. You, yeah, yeah. Um, it it this it says the type four is the artist, the intuitive, reserved type. Yeah, I guess so. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't have pinned you as reserved, mm. uh, at least externally. Right. But. Um, Type five is the think thinker, the perceptive cerebral type. Mm-hmm. So, and there, that those two words that described each of our each of our um, types is very uh, very limited. Yeah, very surface to yeah. the thing in its entirety. But just just a little snippet before yeah. we dive mm-hmm. deeper, and then disc test. My yeah, my disc profile is is. So, mm. you want to say what these mean? Um, sure. So, uh, mine is um, ICD. Okay. Um, and so, DISC test is D-I-S-C, and it's a spectrum of high to low on each of them. Mm-hmm. The purpose of the DISC test? Uh, it's mainly for, like, uh, teamwork. Yeah. Like, like working in teams, how you, how you function in a team, mm. mostly in a company. Right. Um, it, it, that, that that one seems to be mainly tailored towards like organizational, mm-hmm. you know, organizations, efficiency stuff, whatever. Um, so the the D is like how you. Um, D is like the hammer. That's the like. Well, yeah, but that ends up getting characterized a little bit incorrectly. I think if you if you start going down that route, okay. um, I think the best way I've heard it described, the D is how you face um, problem solving. Uh, the higher you are on the D spectrum, uh, the more head on and direct uh, you are in facing facing problems. Okay. Um, the lower you are on the D spectrum, the um, more you 
step back from the problem and kind of survey it first. Okay. And so that, that, that those are kind of, that's kind of the spectrum. So like, a, like fully on the high on the D, like is, is the person that that's going to be like, do you have a problem with me? Like, yeah. And the, the the person's like caught off guard because of how abruptly. Mm-hmm. And then they, they said that. And then very lowly, the, the lowest point on the D spectrum will be more of like. I'll wait it out. That, yeah. Just kind of waiting out, trying to see what happens. Yeah. Um, like not wanting to necessarily have to deal with it unless they absolutely have to. Um, just kind of trying to observe in distance, uh, at, at a distance from, from the issue itself. So I, S and C are also spectrums like that. I is more, uh, about influence. S is more about, um, dealing with change, mm-hmm. uh, your steadiness through change, like the higher, like high end of the spectrum of S is like very, or I guess let, let's go back to I real quick. High end of I would be influencing very vocally and very out front. Mm-hmm. Low end of I would be influencing influencing more from behind the from, scenes. From behind the scenes, like like that's kind of the spectrum there. S dealing with change. High high S um, basically loves change, may change too much. Low S like dislikes change, doesn't want things to to to. to wait, no, opposite opposite that high high S. The higher you are on S, you, the more you dislike change. Mm. And the lower you are in S, the more you are okay with change. Okay. And then C um, is more about like organization mm-hmm. and and how higher you are the more like the lower the lower C the the more um, like risk taking you are in your organization, and the higher C the more like things need to be planned out. And yeah. and be be thought about very thoroughly in in the way that you um, make decisions, cool, and yep. organize your thoughts. So that's kind of those are kind of the spectrums. Myers Briggs. Um, that's a pretty like pretty. That's, that, 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 that's probably like, the most well known one. So we don't necessarily need to jump super into it, but it's using like social business settings, like mm-hmm. kind of kind of just general life, but. It's usually like, may, like usually people in like businesses or something are like told had are forced to, right. Forced to, to take so you that. get one one of two letters all the way down, um, yeah. and uh, again e- it's it's a little bit spectrumy, right? Yeah. Like like yep. you can be more entrenched into a letter or more a, apart from a letter. Like for I and E, I think we're both just on the opposite side of the border of I and E. Yeah. So introvert or extrovert. Introvert, extrovert. And then N, N or S. Sensing or... Or intu- in, intuitive. Intuitive. Yeah. And then um, F or T. Feeling, like feeling and thinking. thinking. And then J or or P. Judging perceiving or perceiving. Or ju- yeah, yeah. Perceiving or judging. So so that's kind of the spectrum for for... Myers Briggs. Yeah, the Enneagram is a little bit more, um, a little bit more difficult to like explain each of them in particular. Mm-hmm. But like the best way I would use to describe the um, Enneagram is just kind of like um, a measure of like your in like it just kind of shows your intentions or like what what drives you, what motivates you, 
um, where you're kind of coming from. Like I, I like to refer to it as like your soul type mm. because it like it really like um, speaks to like what the depth of like where I come from and like what I think and like where I how mm-hmm. I process things and stuff. Right. Like that. that that one's definitely the most like internal. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And those those are um, nine types. Yep. Nine types. And in, in order, like correlate and stuff. In order one through nine, it's like the reformer, the helper, the motivator, the artist, the thinker, the skeptic, the generalist, the leader, the peacemaker. Yeah. The Enneagram is the one that I love the most because it really like, um, it, it like probably speaks the most to, um, what I, what, like what I think about myself and what I, um, what kinds of things I should, be, be a little bit less hard on myself about it really like speaks honestly about my strengths and my weaknesses and mm. yeah, I, I love it. So, um, let's do this Christian. I'm going to ask you to kind of drive the conversation mm-hmm. into the areas that you want to over the next, you know, uh, uh several minutes or so. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you drive the conversation forward and, um, I'll interject or you can ask questions and, yeah. and we can have discussions that way. But you as the one that is um, most uh, intimately involved uh, mm-hmm. with uh, personality profiles, I think it's only fitting yeah. that you be the one that drive it. Yeah, absolutely. Driving so the bus. The Enneagram came to my awareness most recently. When, when, Myers-Briggs, when I got my Myers-Briggs results, um, I was pretty into them. Because I was like, yeah, ENFP, I'm an ENFP, my grandma's an ENFP, we're like similar and stuff like that. But that one kind of faded um, because like I kind of did what I wanted to do with it or like learned what I wanted to learn from it. And yeah, it just kind of, it was cool. And it, but like, I don't really think about it very much, but the Enneagram having come into play and the disc, the disc test, I don't really think about much either. Um, but the Enneagram, when I learned about it and I like took the test and stuff, I, uh, and it, it, it's not so much, it's not as like malleable as the others seem to be. Whereas like Mm -hmm. you take it again and your, your results may change or whatever, but like, I mean the Enneagram, your results may change, but like your personality, like at, at its core is pretty like, it sticks pretty closely to like your number. Yeah. It does seem like it is probably less um, you're probably less likely. So the, since there's nine different, uh, possible Enneagram types, there's probably like two, maybe three that you would be likely to move between. And those three wouldn't change over right. time. Like one might overtake the other, but like looking at mine and, and I took this for the first time, like last week, um, looking at mine, I have one that's a seven and then three other ones that are five. And it, it seems like it'd be unlikely that I would move away from that seven. But if, if I did, it'd be to one of the ones that are five, definitely none of the ones it's that like, are lower. It's, you're, you're speaking to the, like the, the, like the, the amount you like scored in, in each of the numbers. Correct. Yeah. Because like, it gives you a certain number of questions and those questions give like point totals that yeah, go right. into the different types and categories. Where with the Enneagram though, I feel like, like if you, if you may, you may have scored like this or that in all the numbers, but like, I don't think it's so much like a placing, like in the Olympics, like 
like you're most like this. You have a little bit of this in you and you have a little bit, I think because like when you finally, you, you like find, it's usually the number you scored most in. If you read that description and it's like, oh, that doesn't super describe me. It might be one of the ones you scored second in, but like you're going to pretty much be like pretty definitely one of them. Right. And, and what I was trying to say with that is like, you know, different demands of life will require different things from you. And over time, you may change into somebody that because of the requirements of your life, like say we, we've been watching a lot of Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. um, say, you know, starting up a company, you're much more of the artist, you know, innovating and mm-hmm. coming up with ideas. Um, and then you have a successful company and for the next 40 years of your life, you are running the company. Well, mm-hmm. you might shift more into the leader type over time. I, I'm going to have to disagree. I think even, even like regardless of circumstances, I think you're born with a certain personality and you're, you, everything that happens, like no matter how much pressure is pushed on, like when, when you're in, when you're in times of stress, you will, cause the Enneagram is, is it really, it literally means nine sides. And so it's a, so whatever number you are has it's kind kind of like how you draw a star when you're like younger or whatever. How yeah. it's like five but points like that a connect. Nine pointed star. Yeah. yeah. So it's got a nine pointed star, and so each number that you are has, or like your your type has two wings, and one wing is like the the like where you go in times of stress, and the other wing is where you go in times of integration. And so like in your time of stress, like I, if I'm a four and I'm like the, um, the romantic or the individualist or whatever. And first of all, that, that might speak to even my desire to start a business in the first place. But if I do find myself starting a business, um, and I find myself really stressed in that business, I will end up, um, really lean, like, like showing qualities of the, um, I think it's of two. And that would be like, cause two is, um, is inclined to uh, be really people pleasy and stuff like that. And like, and I could, you know, there, so that's like in my times of unhealth, I could go there, but in my times of, uh, of like great, um, it, like integration in a, in a situation, I would go to one, which is like the perfectionist, but like the, it would be like a, a really healthy combination of like, like a four being like really uh, sure of themselves, you know, and I, th- I th- think that's the direct, I think it would be, I think it is one that I go Something to like in that. times. So I would still be a four at heart, but like, I would just be like doing like my really good version of myself would be like going, like doing one stuff, you know? So I don't think I would like go to an eight if, you know, if I'm a four and I have a business, I don't think I would go to an eight and eight is like really sure of themselves and like very, um, like not afraid to hurt feelings and like gonna gonna just speak their mind and stuff like that. That's an eight. And I don't think I would ever do that as a four. But I might. Um, I mean, if I did that, it's not like like if I spoke my mind, you know, in a situation, it doesn't automatically make me an eight. I'm just a four who spoke their mind, you know. But like, um, it's not like it's not like bind. It's not binding in the sense that like you're trapped. It's more. It's like a. It's a good thing because you see your strengths and weaknesses. And it's like, it was really freeing for me. Well, and, and that's the sell of all of these, right? Is that, that, that you're not trapped. It's just explaining strengths and weaknesses. But, but I think over time, I think the stresses and demands of life do change your personality. I don't know about your personality. 
Definitely. Because, your- because I think we have a different view of personality because you're saying personality is completely innate. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that there is innate aspects that play into the personality, but that like nature versus nurture, nurture plays a role in developing mm-hmm. your personality yeah, too. It does. And nurture doesn't stop hmm. throughout your entire life. Well, at a the circumstances point, that you find yourself in your life demand different things of you. Well, when you develop your identity, um, your identity. Well, at what point do you develop your identity? Well, like you kind of become become pretty aware of your identity and like sure of yourself as a human. Like, I don't. I, there's no real age that, you, that 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 happens. But like for me, it probably happened. I mean, there's no like set age. For me, that probably happened like somewhere between. Somewhere in high school, and uh, it became shored up probably a little bit more in college. But I, I like, I came to know myself and know, and, and became more sure of my my decisions and my mind and things like that. Yeah, I don't. I I, I feel like I feel like that's just from my perspective such an ongoing continual thing. I don't I don't right. feel like I've arrived in right. knowing myself hmm. entirely, you know. Well, like a funny thing about this and it and it and it's um it's not like it's not like binding or messed up or whatever, but like right now we're acting within our personalities. That's kind of a a weird like and, enigma. And this, this is the this is the trap that yeah. that all of <laughs> The right? pers- I mean, the, like we are. The personality profiles uh, across the board that I am, any time that I express any sort of concern with per- personality profiles, it, I get pinned as, well, that's just your personality. Right. It's like any disagreement gets played off as 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 completely it's not undermined well, by the fact that that's my personality. I can't – I am – Un- not allowed to disagree with personality profile tests because of the box that a personality profile test has checked me into. Right. So, well, like, if I was a one and disagreeing, it'd be like, oh, okay. So that that wow, that we should take this disagreement seriously now because that isn't a five disagreeing. All the fives disagree. That's just a five trait. No, no, no. That's it's like well, truth is truth. Truth is just truth. That's like you can't like argue with that. But like, yeah, but you have to. You, right. You, you, you there should be some sort of process to test for truth. You can't just say say I agree with something, therefore it is true. Oh right, right. There, there needs to be. Well, it's how you come to an understanding of truth, and we all come to an understanding of truth differently. And a five might be more inclined to test truth a little bit, a little bit more, or whereas. Uh, a four might be a little bit uh, quicker too, because because like, or, you know, and it's not necessarily like a truth thing, but like a five would be more inclined to um, press, whereas a four would be would uh, process things a little bit more like along the lines of like uniqueness. So it's like um, I'm I'm like I'm trying to be unique, like that's my that's like what a four generally does. <coughs> And they take great, like, they really, like, stand for, like, 
how they really like want to make their uniqueness known to the world and they will be um, very sure of like when, when, when they feel like when they're, when they get on something, when a four gets on something, they're going to be really on it and they're going to make everyone feel like they should be on it as well. And so like that I'm, I'm acting like, like I, I found, I discovered the Enneagram and I think everybody should love the Enneagram. And that's like, that's just how I am. That's just, I, I like found something and I am, and like, it is possible for two different types to agree, but how they find, how they become sure of themselves in their agreement happens differently. And how, um, one person, uh, comes to truth and how they reflect the truth looks differently than another type. So there's a thing called an ontic referent. So if we're talking we're like in in, okay. in in talking about testing for truth claims, th- this is the probably the biggest issue that I see uh, when it comes to personality profile tests and, and the issues that I have with it is an ontic referent is ontic an out- being like truth is an outside entity that we can refer to as mm-hmm. true to compare truth claims With. to yeah. to tell if they are true cool yeah i love that and it seems like um in my own anecdotal experience mm-hmm. that while there are things about general broad personalities, the personality profiles get correct. The the creators of personality profiles mm-hmm. are drawing the lines wherever they want to. The, well, based the, off of stuff like real stuff. The, let me finish. Okay, okay. Based off of what they think and expect to see, without any sort of ontic referent mm-hmm. to refer back to 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 say. This is how people actually are mm-hmm. and actually function. They're saying the disc test is saying I see four major categories for, I guess, specifically the workplace. And we are going to place everybody on a spectrum in these four categories. Why they stopped at four categories and didn't do 10? Probably because it's easier to sell to businesses four categories on a test than 10 categories on a test. I, like I, just just yeah. to be real. So like that is th- – th- there is motive behind the creators of personality profile tests to draw the lines in very specific areas. Mm-hmm. And, and it is all meeting what they expect – and desire to see. Mm-hmm. And it's impossible to calculate all of the possible biases that went into them creating personality profile tests. Mm-hmm. And and because of that, I think there is a substantial limit to what you can actually derive from personality profile tests. Mm. I think purpose, the purpose of the personality test has a lot to play into that because... Um, if the purpose of the disc test was to do basically what it did, you know, like the the purpose of the disc test is to really line people up in one of four categories. Well, well, the the purpose of all of them in a broad sense is to give you more information about yourself and Mm -hmm. about others and how to better interact 
with others. Mm -hmm. And that's noble. I, I, I think, I think there is value in that. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that at all. I just think that it will always fall short of being gospel truth. Objectively true. Objectively true. Mm. I think it will always fall sh- short of being objectively true because there is no way to quantify the complexities of individual human beings right. into a test and in, into categorize. It doesn't matter if you have four categories or eight categories or nine categories. Mm-hmm. Like what Myers Briggs, I think there's thirty six or sixteen. Yeah, that's right, sixteen different possible categories to place people in. But ultimately, you're placing seven plus billion people into sixteen categories, and I think that will always fall short of being able to accurately depict right. people. In in an exceedingly meaningful way. Well, there's there what something meant to be taken into account is like the experiences of people, and that that is limitless. The experiences that people will encounter. So I'm so this isn't none of the personality tests, which I find I uphold um, the Enneagram as the high like the the like most true you know that I've mm-hmm. discovered, but like. It's not meant to like. It's not meant to encapsulate experiences. It's it's meant to show how you reflect experiences. And so, like when it comes to the amount of things you've experienced, there is you. There's no way to like limit that. But but so, but I'm skeptical in its ability to accurately predict how you will respond to an experience. That's what I'm I'm skeptical about. Well, there's, and and right. and any time you do go outside the norm of what you tested, it's like, oh yeah, everybody goes outside of the norm. Okay, then why are we categorizing people mm-hmm. into these very finite limitations? Mm-hmm. Like, what if if you are saying you are this, except for when you're not this, because everybody isn't what they are all the time then it seems to completely undercut the value of what they're proposing that they have to offer in the first place. Right. Well, it's not meant to like be a, be like predictive in any way. It's meant to more like, like, like I am, I am a like super individual. Like I love, I know that like I am so different than anyone else. And you know that you're so, so different than anyone else, but like, I am also inclined to like, I'm not like adhering to anything by like accepting my like number. I'm not like going like I'm not like accepting some like grand. That's very master. sounding very Hunger Games. I'm not <laughs> accepting my number. I, right. I'm not like adhering to some master plan. District nine. Right. <laughs> I'm not like adhering to some master plan that was like set before me because I fell into a certain categorization. I am correct. I, You're not adhering to some sort right, of master plan. Right. But I am. But I am like s- taking it as truth as like for, for who I am and like what my, um, because like when I, when I read my, my result, like my, that I'm a four, like f- I read like a couple others and I'm like, yeah, that's not really where I go. Like, and I, when I read my read four, like it was, it was speaking truth to me in a way that I didn't like, it was speaking truth to like, 
who I am, which like is good. You can like truth can be spoken to who you are. And it was, um, very like clarifying and I like, and it was all true about me. Like the things that I read about myself, about my like number were true about me. They were very true and true on a very deep level. And, and, and see, I think this is the departure. Like, I think, I think there is value in that. I think you see value in that. I see value in, in, in looking at my own personality profile results. But I th- I think it stops short of, of being able to tell you things about yourself that are ultimately true. Mm. Well, there are, there are, it tells like- you truths about yourselves, mm-hmm. but yourself, but it, it, it cannot and isn't designed yeah. to tell you ultimate truths about yourself. Right. And, and because of that, I think the value is very limited. I see. And, and, and I think my biggest issue is that most people, not you, but most people um, that are very into personality profiles see much more ultimate truth mm-hmm. being portrayed in it than it is. It's not designed to portray ultimate truth. And I know you can't judge a tool based off of its misuse. That's unfair to right. personality profile tests. But that's my biggest issue mm-hmm. is is the like ultimate truth mm-hmm. that people derive from these tests right. that these tests cannot possibly give them. Well something like something like eerily truthful about the Enneagram was that when I found, when I read other descriptions of, of like other numbers, I read like little things here and there that like, yeah, that in that little way, that thing does apply to me, but not in like a grand picture of that number. It doesn't necessarily, right. that, that one number resonated with you more than the other but numbers, like it, even it, though there were things in the other numbers that also resonated with tiny, you. tiny things. But what, what my number really like showed me was correlations between things. So like if something about a two, like mm, they, they will do this one thing, they will do this thing and sometimes expect this because of that thing and stuff like that. Like I was like, yeah, some of that, like I, I was, there were like tiny little puzzle pieces that like I, I found like similar to me in other numbers, but like it was only in the four that I saw the, the whole picture of the puzzle. And I'm like that, like that puzzle, all like enough puzzle pieces were like, I, I related to, to where I saw, Oh wow. That is the picture that all of those puzzle pieces mean. And those puzzle pieces only fit together. Yeah. And like any of like the two, some of the puzzle pieces may have been a reflection of me but like seeing them all put together because they do fit together like puzzle pieces, it's that's not a picture of me, at least in the way that the Enneagram is painting the picture. And so I like because the four I was seeing correlations, I was like, oh, this is like this is the thing that I relate to. And that is because of this, which is also because of this, which also ties to this. And I was seeing that, that like things, the things about the four that I related to were connected to other things about the four that I related to. Mm-hmm. And I real I drew lines that I hadn't that I hadn't had drawn before. Well and I think I think that's a lot of the value of 
personality profile tests is is it's giving you language to talk about yourself. I think that's mm-hmm. where a lot yeah. of the value comes from yeah, for like personality profile tests. It's a tool giving you language. But I, I, I don't go as hard to this stance, but I've heard personality profile tests be described as horoscopes for smart people. Oh, wow. But I think there's a little bit of truth in that like damning like consideration of of personality profile tests. Because a little bit of what personality profile tests, how they are designed, is is a little bit like a, a psychic, in quotation marks, uh, cold reading a room. If you put out these somewhat specific, but not very specific, uh profiles of people and then say that you identify with one of these people will self-select to identify to the one that is most like them Mm -hmm. in in, in much of the same way that a psychic will cold read a room cold read a person and and say things that sound more specific than they are and let the person connect the dots that, that make it feel like the psychic mm-hmm. actually knows this secret information about them and that they could never know this information. They must be reading my mind in the same way. A personality profile tests create these, you know, four, nine, 16 individuals that you could possibly be. And you answer these questions to self select one of their 16 and that is going to be the one that you most identify with. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so you feel it resonates with you that you most identify with that one. But in reality, if you were to write out absent of personality profile tests, all of the like honest evaluation of what you think your, your flaws are and, and, and your strengths and, and weaknesses and really dive into and write that out. It might look very different from, from any of the personality profile tests, any of the possible personalities that, that you basically self-selected into by taking the test. Right. And I think all of mine would fit into um, they, like there would be a lot of things that like I, out of my self-selection of who I am, out, out of my, not self-selection, out of my, um, using my terms, right. Out of my, like, um, like description of who I am or like what I, what I believe I am and stuff like that. I would, um, fall like whether, whether I knew it or not, you know, in a weird way. And it's not like a mystical thing. It's like whether I, whether I would like necessarily like call this thing out or not i would they would all fall in line line with a certain (coughs) they would all fall in line with a certain like inclination of like who i am like it's all behavioral so if i would um if i would be describing my behaviors and my and like how my like how they reflect my strengths and weaknesses um, in my case, like they would all like pretty much fall in, like fall in four. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the crazy thing about the Enneagram is that it describes, um, 
it like cuts through a lot of the BS about like, like little, it just goes really deep into your inclinations and your motives and your motives and stuff. Um, as opposed to like more surfacey things that like may change day to day. It, it cuts really deep to like, because like somebody could speak some real truth after having a conversation with you about, Hmm. It sounds like you're, it sounds just based off of talking with you that, um, you have, you seem to have difficulty just generally making decisions easily. And, uh, and so the person could be like, wow, yep, that is, that's really true. Hmm. You, you found that out by talking with me and it's like, yeah, but I mean, that's not like, that's not good or bad. That's just like you're real, you assess situations really well before making a decision, but that will be like who you, that's like kind of who you are and that's not good or bad. And this, and like you met, you, you probably won't get any better at making decisions on the fly. And if you do make a decision on the fly, that's not saying you're now good at making decisions on the fly. It just means like, okay, but given your role, you may be in a role where you need to make decisions on the mm-hmm. fly. Mm-hmm. You can learn and adapt. Yeah. I, I believe that you can learn how to make decisions quickly mm-hmm. and, and to trust your gut instinct and make good decisions quickly. Yeah. Um, the, the book, the more you do that, the book blink by Malcolm Gladwell is all about making quick decisions. I see. Yeah. But, but I think you can learn that, and mm-hmm. and after how long of doing that does that become your default personality? If you if 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 you took the the test when you were twenty years old and you've been making quick decisions ever since because of a role you got a year later in your job and now you're sixty one and it's been forty years of making snap decisions, two thirds of your life you've been this person that makes quick fast decisions mm-hmm. so like wouldn't that be a different personality well then i think your priorities would come would come into play if like your priorities were for like but well, you say if but well, i think hmm. i Honestly. think your priorities always come into play and your priorities are always changing Not it's, if, yeah it's a career and then and then you've got your family and in your wife's personality is going to affect your personality and vice versa. And then your kids come into the equation and you're trying to balance your marriage and your kids and and Mm -hmm. your, your work and your, and your future goals and, and things need to change. Right. And it's a good thing that things change because if you're the same person that you were when you're 20, you're not going to handle than the new things in your life. Right. Well, unless you're an amazingly well-adjusted 20-year-old. Right. That is like basically ready to be married, have children, and a career, and retirement savings, and post-retirement plans. Like like all of those different stages of life need different things from you to accomplish the things that you are prioritizing at that time and to accomplish the goals that you have for those moments in Mm -hmm. your life. Right. It looks different for everybody and requires right. different things from everybody, but I think you do change through that. Right. But I mean within within the soul or the mind or whatever of of each person making these decisions on the fly, something different is happening. Something like me making a decision on the fly, like learning how to make decisions on the fly and you make learning how to make decisions on the fly, that'll take a different toll on your psyche and on your spirit. 
on your soul, like you will like what you're like when you make when you learn how to make decisions on the fly, that will have a different way of impacting your DNA than me learning how to make decisions on the fly. Like I will my, me make learning how to make decisions on the fly may like really happen, but it will just add a little bit more stress to me or something like that. But over time it won't. Well, in terms of business, it like, not even just in business, just in general, I think like depending on my priorities, like if like in my, like I might be like, get like own a business and get really good at making really like snap decisions because I just kind of like get into the whole like business mind. But like, I might always still like be a little bit slower to make decisions when it comes to things with my family or like when it comes to things, yeah, things that like I value depending on my value of things and stuff. Right. You, you might be like, this, this is a hypothetical. We don't know how ultimately you will end up reacting over time. You, you, you're, you're right. You might be faster to make decisions in that area of life, slower to make them in other areas. You might be faster in both. You might stay slower in both. But I think that's the whole point is over time, I think you change or don't change, I guess. And personality profiles just can't account for mm. all of the dynamic range of the human experience. Over time. I think that in order for your personality to change, something really drastic would have to happen, would have to have happened, like something really drastic or tragic or something. But that's just life. Really crazy. Like, but that's called life. Everybody, everybody's going to die. You're going to lose loved ones. You're going to go through traumatic experiences. Something like next level huge. Yeah, I know that. But But everybody is going to experience quote, quote, unquote, next level huge. Those are the type of like big terms that you know that I just right. super dislike. But it's well, be, it, and the know. reason I super dislike it is because like that is that is life. Like everybody experiences those things. Mm-hmm. Nobody nobody's experiences are so unique that no like everybody is going to experience successes. Some successes are going to be Steve Jobs founding Apple. You know, mm-hmm. some successes are going to be seemingly less than that seemingly more pedestrian than that but it's still the same neurons I think it's, rare. it's I, still the same neurons firing in your brain you're still experiencing success in your life you're su- still experiencing failure experiencing loss experiencing traumatic events experiencing exciting moments experiencing the stresses of moving houses and having children right. We're, we all experience all of those experiences, <clears throat> even though those experiences may have different names and take different shapes, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll still experience them. Well, to like, if, if your personality was dependent, dependent on experiences, then we're all the same. We would all just literally just be the same. And like, I think ultimately we are very similar. We're, we're so similar. Oh my gosh. On a human level, very human level. Right. Right. I think I think ultimately we all have the capacity to be amazingly more similar than than different. But we're so different. And that's so beautiful. We are so different. What makes us different? Our personalities. Yeah, our personalities, our experiences, the way we react to things, and that's what that's what personality profile tests are attempting to quantify. Mm-hmm. But I think they always 
will fall short. Well, there's no perfect personality profile, but there is a personality. We each have a personality. You're always going to be introverted. You just will. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. Right. And I'm always going to be pretty extroverted. I'm always going to get my but, fuel from other people. But I, so I wouldn't disagree with that. But I, I, there's an issue with the way that we define terms because there nobody nobody is using the same language to define terms. It's like the disc test. Like you started, I, I like completely and rudely interrupted you when you were started to, to describe the disc test oh. because I wanted to, to describe the disc test my way, because mm. I agree more with the way that the disc test is described the way that I described it mm. than what you were going to describe it. Because even amongst the tests, there's no agreed upon definition for what each of the different things mean. Mm-hmm. So like definitions of introvert and extrovert, I think humans are way more similar than we give them credit for. And it seems, it appears that introverts and extroverts are like polar opposites in this one oddly slice limited category that we can't define in any other way except through the terms introverted and extroverted. We can't even describe really what introverted and extroverted are terms that are being used to describe. Like they're, Introvert and extrovert describe blank, hmm. a part of a personality profile. Like mm-hmm. that's the best like terms that we have to describe this little sliver of personality. And it's like, okay, one's really outgoing, one's not outgoing. Well, no, that's not really true because there's times where you are way less outgoing and there's times where I'm very outgoing. Okay, well, it's about energy. Yeah, but no, mm-hmm. like I know like this time me and you one-on-one fills you up too. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's not draining on you to not be around a lot of people. Right. And, and there are circumstances where I feel very comfortable with a bunch of people and mm-hmm. that's not draining on me. We were at a master's class tonight with a bunch of people that I work with that you work with. And that wasn't draining on me being around 60 people in a room. But I know all of them, and and it's so I I just feel like a definition of terms uh, is lacking in in another meaningful way that 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 really like hurts the ability to accurately describe personalities mm-hmm. because no two introverts are the same, no two extroverts are the same. It's it, it becomes very easy to label people um, as introverted that don't have a lot of friends, but that's not necessarily true. That's not what the term is describing. Oh, it's not super not right. And and it, it's totally possible that somebody could not have a lot of friends and be very extroverted. Mm-hmm. But even in saying that, I don't really know what I'm saying because what are the characteristics of extrovert and are there any two people that would agree upon a list of characteristics of extrovert and introvert? And, and, and so, so that's, that's basically a long way of saying like those definitions of terms, those decisions of where to draw the lines of what to call the lines to what to call the descriptions 
of these terms that we're using to to categorize uh, individuals uh, in in between these two terms. Somebody was had to make a decision. This is what an extrovert is. This is what an introvert is. Mm-hmm. This is where the lines are. This is what this word means. This is what that word means. Yeah. And I don't think this that, is one end of the spectrum. This is the other end of the spectrum. That's real. But but I but 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 even what it is describing, I don't think it accomplishes that in a significant and meaningful way. Hmm. Well, we're still going to just live life. We're still going to just do regular life. Live the way we only way we know how. Right. We totally are. We, yeah. we always will. We, we, we did before personality profile tests mm-hmm. existed. Yeah. People still grew in consciousness. People still grew in like their understanding of the world and themselves, regardless of tools. So ultimately, I guess my stance is that personality profiles, while possibly being a valuable tool to use to think about yourself um it gives you some terms and some thought processes and some ideas about how to think about yourself i think that's where the value is it's it's teaching you uh, a how to do something Mm -hmm. So it's teaching you how to think about yourself, the ways in which to think about your interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it fall it it ultimately falls short of being a valuable thing to place over a large quantity of people and to categorize a large quantity of people. Closing thoughts. Yeah. Um- I think that we will always be ourselves and we should never stray from who we are and our inclinations, regardless of what anybody tells us. And who we are is beautiful and our differences make us great. And it's only with different people coming together that the world can function in a really awesome way in communities and stuff. So Man, you didn't even talk about personality profiles in your closing thoughts. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking like, um, our per- personality profiles, um, can be really useful tools to show us how we, how we are, how we interact with the world. And they can be pretty like useful tools to, Show us who we are. Is that where you want to end it? I think so.